Welcome to another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan, David Van Bogen, and Ryan Dempsey back with you. What's going on, guys? Well, uh, you know, I, I want to kick this one off with Ryan because Ryan had kind of a, a rough week last week, and uh, I wanted to officially say to him, man, we are absolutely sorry for what you had to go through, and it really sucks. And I hope that uh, you guys and your family have been able to find some peace in that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a tough week for sure. Uh, happy that we made the decision that we made for uh, for Harry. Uh, he was just slowly getting worse, and surgery wasn't going to be an option. Uh, I couldn't put him through that at 13 years old. Uh, running tests on him were going to be pointless if I wasn't going to be able to do the surgery for him. So, you know, our, our firstborn, you know, we had to say goodbye to him, but I had a lot of support from a lot of, uh, a lot of friends and family. You guys reached out to me a lot. Uh, which I, you know, I do from the bottom of my heart truly appreciate. And a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners, they did, uh, you know, they reached out and sent me love and support. And you know, it it was hard. I mean, like I had said to you guys, I don't think I could have cried more. And then more tears came. And you know, you don't realize the small things like you know, getting home from work and there's no barking. Get the groceries. No one's digging through the bags, <laughs> sweeping up the floor. A little little tuft of fur comes from underneath the couch. You know, like these little things that you don't yeah. consider on a day to day basis. That kind of just catch your notice afterwards, and you just kind of sit down, and have to catch your breath, and that kind of stuff. But I mean, he's never going to be forgotten. That's for sure. So, did you get him as a pup? Have you had him all? Thir- did you have him all thirteen years? Was he a rescue from later on? Was I don't remember what you said he was. He so he was. Uh, he was a rescue dog up the street. Uh, actually, it was the the girl that uh, introduced me and cared to each other. Oh. She had adopted him for her father because uh, her parents were going through a divorce at the time. I so gotcha. he would have a, a new friend. And he was working at the time at Casino Windsor and doing 17 hours a day. And so Harry was just locked in like a tiny, tiny laundry room. Oh. And he couldn't. And the thing is that <clears throat> the guy, the, the people at the pound had said that Harry was going to be going down soon because he was so loud and crazy no one wanted him. And that's why they took him. Okay. And so he was that close. And then he was going to get returned to the pound because, you know, uh, Kara's friend's dad couldn't take care of him properly. So she was, and, you know, a dog that was almost put down to get returned definitely doesn't have a chance. So Kara said, you know, let me take him. Uh, I'll find a home for him. And first night Kara just fell in love with him and uh, she had him for about a year and a half before uh, we met and I was uh, I mean I don't know if I told you guys but I was, a, I was bitten by a dog as a child so I was always standoffish like if I went to a princess and they had a dog the dog had to leave I could not be around dogs I had no idea and yeah so when, when I met Harry I was kind of off guard because he was just a big idiot he was he would just he, I always say like if, if uh, you know if a murderer broke into our house he would lick the guy to death before he before he did. He was just, he was just a lovable furball. So I was standoffish towards Harry at first, but then I just slowly got to know him and just you know fell in love with him, and that was it. You know, we, we me and him had uh, just over ten amazing years. Kara had an extra year and a half or so with him, and you know he could have been put down two or three times, and he avoided it and avoided it, and ended up with a phenomenal life. So, you avoided it for a reason, man. For. You guys had a long time with them, and you couldn't ask for much more than that. I mean, you know, you just exactly. remember all the the decade of awesomeness you guys had with them. So you can't. Uh, yeah, like I said you can't ask for more, brother. 
That's right. Yep. All you can do is just try to remember the good times, man. And like I said you and I, you and I've talked a bit, and I'm glad to hear that uh, that you and the family are doing all right with it. I know it was a, a tough thing for you and Care to go through. So. Yeah, and, and it's funny, um, you know, for being originally her dog, she's barely teared up as like as much because she's had to be there for me more than anything because like, <laughs> there, there was no way like. <laughs> From the moment we made the phone call on <clears throat> on the Monday, like and Kara said, well, let's do on like you know because my birthday was Saturday, right. so she said we're not going to do it on the Friday because then your birthday's gonna be ruined. I said, well, then we're gonna do it on the Monday, and I'm going back to work. I'm not gonna go to work. Like it's gonna like let's just have a crappy birthday. I don't care, and like let's just have four days of just the family. Let's just be together and just do our thing like this. Best for him, and she said okay. She makes the phone call. And that was it. I was a puddle for about four days at work, and then Friday was a disaster, and then Saturday was a disaster, and then she and she had her moments where she cried, and I stepped up for her. But I mean, it was if there was like a ninety percent. I mean, if there was a ratio, it was like ninety percent her and her being strong and me being weak than anything else. That's it. Hey, it's a team, man. You guys are a team. You work as a team. You're up as a team. You're down as a team. You know. Sometimes you're yeah, going to be the one that sometimes she's going to be the one. And that's why she's awesome. You know, then yeah. I guess. You know. And like I said, uh, we both, you know, we definitely, like, you know, with that, the post that was made last week, we both appreciated it. And Good. like I said, uh, truly, truly love and respect uh, everything you guys said to me there. Uh, every time you reached out to me last week. Yeah, man. Like I said, we always got your back, brother. Hey, you know what? On a, you know, on a more uplifting note the the boys over at uh, island jiu-jitsu tuesdays and thursdays they started a kickboxing class i just signed up for that today we'll be doing it thursdays so i'm doing it one time a week tuesday nights 6 30 um since i've had this you know i I've, I've stopped taking sugar or stopped eating sugar drinking sugar uh i've lost as of today 27 pounds awesome and i want to lose more thank you so much it was not easy those cravings were a bitch but down 27 pounds, and I wanted to take it to the next level. So I got a hold of Gary, and I asked him, I said, look, man, you know my condition. You know my situation. Is there a way I can come in there and just hit some? I have no intention of sparring. I have no intention of tournaments. I have no intention of this shit like that. I want to come in there. I want to put on some pads. I want to punch some pads, and I want to kick some pads. I want some technique. That's all I want. Can I do that one time a week? He said, I got your back. So Tuesday nights, starting this coming Tuesday, the 25th, I'll be at Island Jiu-Jitsu Tuesday nights at 6.30, hitting and kicking some pads, taking their kickboxing class. Nice. Right on. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to hanging out with Gary again. I, you know, I've seen him the one time we went there and did some some inter- <laughs> some, uh, some footage and stuff, but I really haven't got to hang out with the kid much since he was much younger, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a few things. You know, I'm only 39. I can learn some new stuff. You you say that you don't have interest in sparring and fights and (laughs) tournaments, but we're gonna see you in Bloodsport Four in a couple of years. Just wait. Yeah, I I, uh, you know once once I got home today, I was like I don't know noon or so when I got home from the doctor, (laughs) and I and I seen Gary's post uh, post with the video of him hitting the pads and kicking the pads, and I was like. You know, I was I was riding high from the weight loss, and I just messaged him. Or no, I posted on his page, and I said it's it's time. 
I need to do something, and, and that one, that looks like, it looks like fun, and it looks effective, so, yeah, new new adventures, man. Right on. New adventures, boys, that's, that's what life's all about, right? Definitely yeah, 100%, right? For sure. You guys ready to talk about some fights? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. right let's uh, let's get into last Sunday's card from Glasgow. In the main event, uh, Santiago Pasanibio picks up the KO over Gunnar Nelson, but uh, not without some controversy. Uh, I think it was, it was Dave that posted the video that came out a couple of days after the fight got over, where mm-hmm. you could count what four four pokes to one eye and one to the other right before yeah. the KO. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Intentional as fuck too. Like, some of them, he was and, just pawing right for the eye. Well, and when he came out and said, you know, that I poked in the eye, my first thought was, okay, here come the excuses. Right, me but, too. But, thank, but thanks to the, like, to the video that David had posted, like, clear as day, like, no one can say anything other than the fact that that, uh, that Gunner was completely and utterly robbed in that fight. And the, and the fans were robbed in that fight, too, because we didn't get to, like, who knows what we could have seen in that fight. Right. The, yeah, I mean, the, he... the the first one and the last one were absolutely gruesome. The first one, his hand or his finger was like an inch deep in the in Gunner's freaking eye socket. Yeah, he was knuckled deep in there. Yeah, and that oh, very yeah. La- that very last one was the most intentional of all of them. He put his finger in and he raked his eye across. If you see the, oh. the yeah that that slow one, that very last one, his right hand where he hit the left eye of Gunner. He put the finger in. He hooked it. He curled the finger and he ripped it across, and then he hit the the knockout punch uh, seconds after it. That one was probably the most the worst one, in my opinion, because it looked to me like it was the most intentional. At that point, maybe it wasn't. Maybe one of the other ones were, but that one looked to be, to me, to be the the, the most intentional, which is yeah. completely unforgivable. Yeah, I, I would say most of them looked intentional. I mean, he was throwing his fingers out right yeah, into yeah. Gunner's face. It wasn't like he just caught him with a with a straight up hand, and it came down in the in the downward motion of him pawing at Gunner. He was like straight throwing his fingers out at him. So yeah, like you see the guys that sometimes <clears throat> uh, sort of cut you off there. Go uh, ahead, uh, Dave. But you know, if someone's going to throw a right, and sometimes you see them put their left out, the fingers out. Uh, like, or, you know, just slightly the, the hands opened as they're getting ready to punch, and the guy will kind of lean in and take and get a poke in the eye. And you can see that it definitely wasn't intentional. Isn't, so uh... That, like, keep going, no keep going. To anything but gouge out Gunner's eyes. Like, Gunner's lucky that he's not, like, walking around with two eye patches on right now. Yeah. Isn't, uh, isn't there something in these new rules that you can't have your, your hand open when you're leading with... With your fist, isn't there something in there about this? Yeah, yeah, it's in the new rule set, but I don't think uh, I don't think they were under the new rules. Is that is that strictly like these new rules? Is this being passed around like only in America right now? I believe or so. Even, yeah, because yeah, state because most state of the, rules, yeah, right? state to state, not every state has even adopted them yet. So, so. we're not we're not even talking. You know, that's not even going to be coming up when 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 hopefully when Gunner uh, files a complaint and files a, an appeal, that's not even going to be an issue then because no, it's not. No. It's not anything. It should be, but it's but not. this is going to be <laughs> an example when they go to unify these rules and say, look, man. Look! Look at the kind of shit that happens, you know, without these without these rules set in place. 
you know, if if he couldn't paw like the, that, you know, maybe he didn't. Yeah. Maybe those that didn't happen. If you watch the punch or the you know the the the, the series of events that led into Gunner going into the cage before he was finished, he was basically tossed there by his face. Like, <sighs> it was like, so yeah, bad. I, 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 I never believe that uh, a complaint filed is ever going to be overturned. I think this one's going to result in a no contest. I would hope so, man, on reviewing that. Because he definitely, when like you said, he got tossed by his face, but he was he was definitely running away to try to get distance because he couldn't see. There was no way he saw that last shot coming. There, right, yeah. There was some I – I want to put some things to rest right now for the listeners that we have that have been on – uh, several pages that I've read, uh, affiliates of ours, friends I, of ours. Going where I, where I know you're going. Yeah. First off, the people that said, "Well, he didn't. He he didn't stop fighting and tell the ref." First, he doesn't get to tell the ref shit. The ref tells him when to stop fighting. He can't tell the ref when to stop fighting. It's right. it's the ref's job to see the eye pokes. It's not Gunner's job to tell yeah. him there's eye pokes. So well, you know, to build up that, Dave, if you ever, uh, if you go back to UFC 52 and watch Matt Hughes and Frank Trigg 2, mm-hmm. Matt Hughes gets kicked in the groin. He turns yeah. to the ref and says, hey, that was a low shot. What does what happens when he's trying to talk to the ref? He Bang. Gets rocked, almost gets finished. Yep. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, you can't stop. Like, you, can't, you have to keep going. No, and, and then there's a lot of instances where guys will try to, with, like, low blows and stuff, try to tell the ref, and if the ref doesn't see it, they're going to tell him to keep fighting. John does it all the time. Yeah, if he doesn't think it's a low blow, or he didn't see the low blow, and the fighter's trying to complain about it. He'll just tell him, "Keep fighting." Keep tell him, fighting. you know, he'll 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 flat out tell him, "Stop your fucking bullshit. Keep fighting." Yep, I've seen him do it several times, man. It's great. You know, who do you remember? Do you guys remember who the ref was in this fight? No, I don't no. remember. It's not a com. It's not a. When I say common ref, I mean someone that we're used to in the in U.S. fights on the standard. Thing. I, I I know Mark Goddard was over there, but I don't think he was the guy in there. No, Goddard wasn't in there. It was it was like a I believe it was a shorter or a, a, like a skinnier bald guy. Yeah, I don't even know who the guy was, but to miss that many illegal eye pokes, how how are where where do you find these fucking guys? Where yeah. do you find these fucking refs? How do you miss that many? I mean. It's this is ridiculous. What is he looking at the whole time? This guy is getting poked in the eye four times in less than a minute and a half. What is he? What is he looking at that he doesn't see this? I mean, I, I have no idea. I was asking the same things after that uh, all came out. This is appalling. This is one of the one of the worst things I've I've seen in a long time. It really is. Yeah. And um, it's just it's how blatant and how many there were. That's like if it was one eye poke and it wasn't cut and it was finished. Fine. You know, we've seen it in the past. It happens. And, but when, when you but when you have one, well, I think the first one was two, like both eyes. Yeah. And then the next thing, it's the neck. It's a, his right eye, and then he's going down. It's the left eye, and that like it, it's like how like. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I mean, for now. Santiago Ponsonabibio was the winner, but I really hope that this is one of the cases where you look at it and say there's absolutely no way in hell we're making we're allowing him to have that victory, no contest. It was uh, 
But it was uh, Leon Roberts was the referee. Le- oh. I was trying to find it. Ah, uh, Leon Roberts. <laughs> well, I guess he's he's sort of. I mean, we know Leon Roberts. He, he's refs around quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't put him up there with the elite of the you know of the refs of the MMA refs, but um, I would I definitely wouldn't you know he's not Mazzagatti or anything. I mean. Well, he's not going to be anywhere near lead after after Sunday. But now, no, definitely not. Uh, but now I'd put him in that level of dude. You got no fucking business being in there. If I'm a, if I'm a fighter and I see that yeah. I've dr- I've drawn him as my ref, I'm like, oh fuck me. Yeah. Can I wear goggles? Yeah, yeah I was gonna say walking up there wearing goggles. <laughs> where's, where's Kareem? I need his goggles. <laughs> Grab Mike Winkle, Johns. Uh, Wink, <laughs> Wink knows. Wink won't even hold the pad without the motherfuckers anymore. Hell no, because a because to- a toenail. Was it to- was it a toenail? Yeah, it was a toenail. Uh, Cut his uh, eye up and fuck. So fucked his all his vision up. So for now, Ponzinibbio gets yeah. the win. I'm sure. I'm hoping. Well, I'm sure Gunner's gonna file, and I hope to God he gets his appeal and this gets turned into a no contest because. That was that was some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. 100%. In in the co-main event, Cynthia Calvillo keeps her streak alive as she gets the decision over Joanne Calderwood. Another fight that had, uh, it was a it was a little bit of people. There was a lot of controversy. I was reading online, not controversy, I guess, but just just people not agreeing with the decision. Um, you know, because JoJo definitely got the better of the the exchanges on the strikes as far as the numbers go. But the two takedowns and the two submission attempts really is what tied it up for. If, there were, if you have any, if you have any way of looking at a complaint of anything, the fact that she took a decision in Scotland over her should kind of put that a little bit on the back burner of like a boat. Yeah. Oh, for oh, yeah. sure. Definitely. And, like, and <laughs> the the bloodying of of JoJo's mouth and and everything like yeah. that. I mean, that definitely had to have swayed the judges' decisions. So Cynthia Calvillo picks up her third win of 2017 and is the first fighter to get three wins in 2017. She's doing great. I mean, yeah, man. she's really, she's coming into her own. She's in a great division for her, for, uh, uh, for moving up. And, um, you know, I was, I was kind of pulling for Jojo just because, you know, Jojo's at home. I wanted Jojo to get that win at home in front of her home crowd. Um, it was, it was nice seeing her coming out there and the crowd just exploded for and she was all smiles and i was really happy because i i'm i'm definitely I, I like cynthia Kelvio. i have nothing bad to say about it. i think she's a great fighter and i'm a fan of hers but i really really like jojo i think she's she's just there's something about her that i really like and and uh i was glad that she got this chance to fight in scotland because let's face it there's not going to be a ton of opportunity to fight in scotland you know once a year maybe once right. once every year and a half maybe so for her to be able to get that, I was happy for her, but you know it didn't pan out. And um, striking wise, they were pretty even overall. I mean, but the, the difference was is that it was overall the the, uh, the strikes were pretty even. But when JoJo dominated a round, it was very lopsided. She was she had much more strikes in the round than than Cynthia did. When, you know, um, but overall it was it was it was pretty close. You know, sixty eight to sixty two, pretty close. But those takedowns. The submissions and the control. What can you say? Well, and Cynthia did her damage at the end of the round. Exactly. The, and the submission yep. attempts right at the end of the round. Exactly, and, which is the best know, time. Yeah, stole stole the rounds away from yeah. from JoJo. 
it yeah. sucks for JoJo. She'd been on the back burner forever trying to get a fight, trying to get a fight, and they wouldn't give her one, wouldn't give her one, wouldn't give her one. And then finally they give her the one at Scotland, and they throw her in there with, with uh, you know, Calvillo. Who's been on a tear, who's a fucking killer. Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, I hope they don't cut JoJo. I think that's two in a row. She just worked out for uh... Was, was it? She was when I was fighting for the contract, right? And there was that whole controversy going back and forth, and eventually she got paid. Uh, that, yeah. Like a year and a half or so ago, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, JoJo's uh, in her last. She's lost her last two. She won her yeah, two. She's you know, she's last two. She's two and two in her last four. So I mean, it's not. I don't think she's. She's definitely teetering, but she's. Uh, you know, the, if she loses her next one, she's going to be in trouble. She's going to be in trouble. I hope not because I'm like I said I, I like to, I like Kevin Jojo around she's she's a spunky fighter man she's she's got great skills it's just you know her last couple of fights have been against some tough tough competitors and you know Cynthia Calvillo has moved into the eighth uh, eighth rank in the strawweight division you know she's moved up she's doing well she's you know three and zero now Amanda Amanda Cooper Pearl Gonzalez Jojo Calderwood yeah and all know, this year they won't. The, eight, the the one over ABC really put her on the map. It was a good win. Oh, that was a quick win. Then putting the 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 way she beat Pro Gonzalez was really impressive. And mm-hmm. now she's got now she's got the victory over a name that a lot of a lot of uh, Fairweather fans know from through the Ultimate Fighter and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, now she's like she's really starting to make her move, and hopefully they start to kind of you know, don't just throw her up there with the, the top echelon just yet, but. Hopefully they they keep on pushing her the right way because one they like one fifteen can <clears throat> need something other than JJ beating the world. <laughs> well, you know Definitely. what? That's um, they're doing right by her. They're building her the right way. They didn't you know they didn't just bring her in and feed her to Jessica and Josh right off the bat. You know what I mean? Or or bring her right in and feed her to Rose Namajunas right off the bat. They've been building her slow and building her right. She's still undefeated, right. which is great because they can sell that. You know, the the, the eighth rank undefeated fighter. You know, they got that still, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things they can do with her, especially um, you know, moving into the top ten now. <laughs> she's she's well, she's she's, cl- she's moving up there, man. She's she's got some some tough competition ahead now. And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't hurt that fucking Dana loves her too. So, and uh. Jojo, I was just thinking about it too. Jojo's not going to go anywhere because she's going to end up uh, moving up to 125 anyway. Yeah, she's perfect for 125. Oh, yeah, right. Absolutely perfect for so, 125. Yeah. I mean, uh, who knows? She moves to that division when everything happens, like after the uh, the next season of Fighter wraps up and they start needing a lot of fighters, there's a good chance for her like, to really revitalize her career. Yeah, for sure. I, she's she's definitely got at least another fight left. I'm hoping they'll, you know, keep her around long enough to let her try out 125 because I think that the cut's a pretty tough one for her. Yeah, she's, 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 yeah, she's ideal she's just, for 25. Ideal. Yeah. That last 10 pounds that she's cutting down. I mean, she couldn't even make weight for this fight. Like, just to yeah. show how hard it is. Yeah. Right. She's fighting at all, and she couldn't even make weight. Like, that's how hard it is for her to get down it's, to, to 150. She's not the size for 35 either. No, she's, she's too short. She's, she's just too, too small undersized. You know, she's, she'll, get, she's, she'll get killed at 35. Yeah, and we've talked about this, like, numerous times with a lot of girls in, the, in that position where – they can't fight at 135 because they're going to get destroyed. Yeah. But they, you know, but they can't 
cut down to 115 and be like safe and and also compete at the proper level. So they're they're kind of in a in a no woman's land. And I mean, finally UFC smartened up and threw in that division in the middle that to to make it a little bit more even for everyone. That's kind of why we threw <laughs> our hands when they made a 45 division. We just threw our hands up and said, "The fuck." <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. the fuck? Yeah, the you know? 25 division, that's just a complete joke, and they should have <sighs> just brought in 25 right from the jump. Speaking of the 45 division, you know, Jermaine Durandamy had that horrible uh, hand injury, right? She couldn't defend her title, and she had to give it up. And But she's booked to fight in yeah. a, a few... <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I shared that this morning. <laughs> the mysterious hand injury has gone away. I wonder so why happened? that... How, what happened there? She, oh, yeah, uh, she dropped, she dropped anybody. 10, no, she dropped 10 pounds to go back to 135, <laughs> and the swelling, it was the swelling oh. in her hand. That was the 10 pounds. That was the that. 10 pounds in her hand. Yeah. Was, the swelling went down as she started cutting Fuck weight. Fuck me. Mysterious, <laughs> the mysterious hand injury that caused her to give up a belt instead of fight Cyborg. I can't do it. My hand is hurt. I got to have, uh, you know, I got to have surgery and stuff, guys. I can't do it. What about 35? Oh, I can take that. Yeah, that's okay. You know. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, she was she was all about she was all about fighting Holly Holm again that night at the press conference, and then as soon as Cyborg's name came up, that's when oh yeah, the hand, the hand. Uh, I broke the fucking no, hand. Durandamy's gonna go nine or ten in a row with Boss. first round submissions and knockouts, left, right, and center, and she's never gonna get another smell of the UFC title. She shouldn't after that kind of display, you know. No, nope. you know she's gonna she's gonna beat the 135 champion, and someone's gonna gonna challenge her. And say, oh, 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 I can't. I'm gonna go back up to 145 because yeah. Cyborg retired. Yeah, yeah. This this right. knee, this knee is bad. I can't do it at 35. I can only do it at 45 because of the knee. It's not gonna be the hand this time. It'll be the knee. Watch, I'm calling it. I'm putting 10 yeah. bucks at, in DraftKings on the knee. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Paul Felder picked up performance of the night with a uh, quick work knockout of Stevie Ray. Beautiful. Paul Felder Dude. was on fire that night. Paul Felder is a fucking animal. He's a fun Yeah. Fighter. And Mark those guys Casey, that... oh. Martin Casey should thank his lucky stars that he got to fight Jakar Close instead of Paul Felder like Fuck he was begging yeah. for. Oh, my God. Because Paul Felder would have killed him yeah. after the way he looked against Close. Paul Felder is as tough as fucking nails. He's a monster. He's an animal. And he came into this fight after just losing his dad. And he came in on fucking fire. And he beat the fucking brakes off of Stevie Ray after being after being controlled on the ground for like two minutes of the fight. And he came back up and he fucking pounded his face in. And it was it was amazing. I love he's Paul he's, Felder. He's, I mean, he's, he's an animal. Uh, uh, He's a big for me. He's a BCW fighter now. Like ear can wait, bathroom can wait. If he's on there, I'm sitting and I'm not moving until his fight's over. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, not much else to say about it. He took care of business real Did quick. And, yep. Uh, his last two uh, fall, Felder's last two fights, round one knockouts, performance of the night. Come on. He you should know. be on a four fight win streak. That, that doctor stopped. Oh, that was uh, garbage. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. That so, was absolute good on, garbage. Good on Paul Felder. I'm excited for whatever they're going to throw him in next. I'll definitely be watching. Definitely. Uh, Jack Marshman picked up the decision win over uh, Kyle's boy, Ryan James. It was, a, it was a pretty good fight. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was, uh, 
Uh, it wasn't the worst fight of the main no. card, that's for sure. No. That that belonged to the opening fight. <laughs> oh, can we talk about Kahil Roundtree? Like, good fucking on you for the knockout and shit. That was a really nice knockout he got on Paul Craig. On the bear, too. But to stand the what a fuck cocksucker. over him like that. Fuck you, dude. That was bullshit. He's, he has done nothing. You are fucking nobody. No. There, I mean, there, this yeah. is the second or third time that in recent memory for me that this has happened. And just becoming, like, ashamed to the sport. Because, you know, like, every time someone says that, like, you know, oh, it's barbaric, it's this or it's that. Meanwhile, like, for so many years, everyone's been fighting for it to become, like, this, like the sport that it is. Then you see these people that do something stupid, you know, congr- they, you get a knockout, you get a submission, you do something awesome, like, you know, props to you, you worked hard for it. But to be a complete and utter punk, and to do something stupid like that, like it, it brings the sport back, like you know, the, like to ten years to when it was available only on like black box cable. Yeah, it was it was absolute bullshit. Celebrate your win, but be fucking classy about it. Don't stand over the fucking dude, looking down on him, just being a complete fucking dick. That pissed me off so bad. Yeah, I was so mad about that shit. It's not like and it's not like this was an, an overly dominating performance. These two were trading back and forth for an entire round that lasted almost an entire round, and he just <laughs> caught him. That's all it was. He got he caught him and he knocked him out. And then he acts like this is the most dominating performance that anyone's ever seen. He's the fucking man. It, it was it was garbage. I hated I hate seeing shit like that. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and realistically, if you look at the numbers, Paul Craig, I mean, Paul Craig was had landed mm-hmm. 17 out of 29. Yep. Cahill Auntry had thrown 15 out of 47 at that exactly. point. Exactly. Like, come on, bro. It's not like you just went in there and fucking one punch knocked him out. But as I was going to say, yep. you know. It, he if, just if got anyone, caught. That's all. If anyone had the right at any point in time to straight up, like, put their foot on the guy's chest and pose as he knocked him out. It's almost like Conor McGregor, and Jose right. Aldo kind of thing. right. That, yeah. went, that was an example. You're, you're taking on a guy who's you know undefeated for ten years, and in thirteen seconds you land that shot and just like stun. Okay, awesome. Like if you want to do it yeah. a little extra, I understand. But yeah, like you guys said, like that kind of back and forth, not exactly winning the fight per se. Catch that one shot. Okay, now what? Now you're gonna go up and probably get destroyed in your next fight. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I absolutely hope so after that. I hope he gets matched up with a killer and he gets his jaw wrecked. I hope the motherfucker does the same thing to him for the Bear Jew. Yep. I hope, yeah, I hope it's too. paid back in spades because he deserve it. Yep, I agree. Uh, opening the main card, we had two guys making their uh, UFC debut. Christ. Yeah, this fight was god-awful, but uh, <laughs> Justin, Justin Willis picks up the decision over James Mulholland. Uh, we don't even really need to talk about it if you guys don't want to because it was an absolute snooze fucking fest. I'm over Which it. Which sucks because the prelim card was really exciting and really good leading up to yeah. that. And then yeah, that fight. Some... That yeah, fight there's some. No yeah, yeah. Oh, my Sorry, God. Sorry, Ryan. No, yeah, no, I was just going to build up. He said, like, um, some of the, like, we've seen this now. I feel like every time we talk about a card, we have these awesome prelim fights that are, like, building up, building up, building up. And then the first fight comes on, and it's like, okay, is this shit the bed? Like, what's gonna happen now? Like, were all the good fights uh, the early ones? Like, what's gonna happen next? Like, but oh, yep. like, but what do you? I mean, 
two newcomers heavyweight division here. So like, it, like it's what all you can hope for is a quick knockout. Or the right, like the deeper those fights go, it, it, this one almost reminded me of uh, the Derek Lewis uh, Roy Nelson fight from a couple of years Ooh. ago. Where Oh, come on. Like, Ugh. one of you just lay down and take the loss. Please. please. Like, just, I beg you. you. <clears throat> uh, these, these these two were, uh, this was not a cardio fight. No. This was not, no. they were not moving uh, briskly on the balls of their feet around the ring. And, uh, uh, no, this was bad, guys. They were flat-footed and breathing heavy and sweat and salami by round two. This was bad. It was it was terrible. I I, ugh, I was so bored watching this fight, and I wanted that quick knockout. I was like, okay, at least maybe we'll get another good heavyweight knockout fight and keep this train right. rolling. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, obviously, Mulhern's is going to get another shot, and I'm, Willis will get somebody. Hopefully, he comes in better shape. Yeah. Who cares? Otherwise, he's going to sleep. <laughs> I mean, he, I, these I guys, wish. these both, you know, Justin Willis, to be honest with you, if he doesn't change up something, if he doesn't get in better shape, if he doesn't do something, he's just fodder. That's all he is. He really, oh, I'm sure. he's I'm just all. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, making, I'm trying to give both of them the benefit of the doubt, making yeah, their debut it. and making it, making it in Scotland, but. Yeah, you that's, know, a, that's I, a long I, trip I, to I, make, you know. It really is. I mean, they're both American guys, if I remember right, so. Yeah, you're fighting way. I mean, it's a long plane ride. You got to try to, you know, different food, whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff over there. It's a big change. It's probably their first time on a main card. Maybe their, you know, their first time on TV ever. You know, there's just, uh, yeah, I get it. But neither um, one of them looked I like was... they were in shape to fight. No, no, they both look way just completely out of shape. I take that back. Uh, Mallorin is actually from England, but oh, yeah, either way. Okay. Either way, oh, I mean, I mean either way. Either way, yeah. You know, not these guys didn't look like Cain Velasquez in there. You know, these guys no. were in no shape at all, and that that just don't fly anymore. They were both round, yeah. very yeah. very round. Oval is not a shape. I mean, oval is a shape, but it's not one you want to be <laughs> yeah. fighting with. No. So in the main event of the FS1 prelims, Danny Roberts picked up the KO in the second round over Bobby Nash. This was a good fight. Bobby had a lot of good things going his way, but just got stupid on the feet. And Danny Roberts put him to sleep quickly. Just one shot. That's it. Him and Kamaru Usman, man. They train together. Kamaru's been teaching him takedown defense and wrestling stuff, and he's been working on striking with Kamaru. So that's they a, got that's a pretty a great good combination. Team. That's a it great really team. Is. It really is. I mean, Roberts is now one. Uh, he, he lost to Mike Perry, that's right. He was on a two-fight win streak going into Mike Perry. Well, that's so, not really that so bad, really. I mean, Mike no. Perry's a fucking animal. Right. Bobby Nash will pick up the pieces, and maybe, uh, maybe Danny Roberts you know, gets another win or so. He can get that rematch with Mike Perry and try to get that one off his record. Ryan, you got any thoughts on the fight? Uh, no, you guys pretty much covered everything. Yeah. There. I, um, I actually missed most of uh most of the action from the prelims. Okay. I was uh, caught, I guys caught mostly of the mostly highlights on these ones. Um, I mean, most of the rest of them outside of this next fight, just in mentioning Neil series retirement, we can kind of breeze through. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Pantoja picks up the third round submission in what would be Neil series final fight. I thought 
Man, I thought Neil looked good in the second round. He came out. Pantoja was putting it on him a little bit in the first, but Neil's always kind of a slow starter. And he looked pretty crisp, and it looked like he was getting better going through the second round, but then Pantoja got that takedown, and it was all over. That was all she wrote. It's, it's good to see. I was happy to see, at least see Neil's last fight. and Yeah. Um, I was good. It was nice to see him go out and, you know, um, Sometimes you got to go out on your shield, man. You don't get to go out with the victory, and, and that's okay. Um, he's he's very well respected, and I have a lot of respect for him. Um, Neil's a hard nosed, old school kind of fighter, man, and he's he's a great guy. I just I, I hope nothing but the best for him. You want some entertainment? Follow Neil Siri on Twitter. He's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> he just he just calls everyone cunts. <laughs> the bloody cunt. Yeah, I, I swear. If you're from you know England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, you can call anyone you want a cunt, and it's not for some reason it's not an offense. It's almost like what? It's like it's like it's like calling someone dude, you know? Yeah, like you say like you say to the wrong person here, like you know, if you're just sitting around and someone says you're like, can't say that over here, man. You can't call people a cunt. You are. Yeah. To remind. I had to remind my buddy Cully that I used to work with up until like a month ago because he's from Dublin. And he, you know, always calling people cunts. And I'm like, bro, you can't be saying that shit here. Yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Someone's gonna get offended. He took his he took his fiance home for Christmas to meet his family and stuff. And they're all just sitting around calling each other cunts. <laughs> his, his dad kept telling him to stop being a cunt. We'd be a ruddy cunt. His, yeah, and then the mom comes in. And she's just like, you're all bloody cunts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's like saying dude for Americans. Yeah, fucking much. cunts. Uh, yeah, just, uh, on. Good on Neil. That's why I just want to throw it quickly as to, you know, to the to the Godfather of Irish MMA, like the man who, you know, gets almost no respect because Conor McGregor came around and like that's who everyone knows. But you go back and you follow any bit of Neil Sears' career and take a look at what he did and and how important he was to Irish MMA. Like the guy is an absolute legend. And he never really got to where he should have gotten to, unfortunately. And I think the biggest downfall for me from his career is never going to see that Ian McCall fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was really disappointed about that fight. Both times that they had that thing signed and sealed and ready to go and, you know, just fell apart, just killed me because that would have been, like, that would have been the fight. That was, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's the, that was the thing. The best thing about Neil is just he was always game and always ready to go. Yeah, strap strap my gloves on, lock the cage door, and let's go. Let's fucking fight. I don't care. Yeah. Last minute, I, who cares? No, he yeah he didn't care at all. I was excited to move on because I wanted to talk about Galore Bafondo. Oh KO, my god! This dude. That I've watched this highlight. How? A galore amount of times. How the fuck does that not get you knock out of the night wow the performance of the night bonus like the thought of charlie ward's <laughs> head was sickening that was disgusting I, I had to describe it to kyle and and zach because they were uh didn't have the sound on when they were watching the fight and they kind of were like well was it really as bad as that? i was like dude you gotta hear the the sound when they play it back it's nasty like I was trying, like, when I first saw the highlights of that throw turn into the knockout, I was trying to like, like I watched it a couple of times. And I was like, okay, that was, you know, pretty interesting how we able to do it. 
and I was trying to figure out like any comparison to someone how they you do the turn as you're throwing them position them so that you're not just throwing them but actually like, pile driving them Tim Bosch is the only close I can't remember who he was fighting but you know because everybody always as far as slam KOs go they always point to either the rampage uh, slam out of the armbar or the right. the Matthews Carlos Newton slam Right, right. But the only thing I've seen cl- close to that was, and I, I wish I could remember who it was, but there's Tim Bosch did it. Kevin Randall. There's that Kevin Randleman. Uh, who he slammed some dude on his fucking head in Pride. I forget yeah. who it was. Uh, Fedor. Was it? Slammed Fedor. Fedor came, yeah, and then Fedor came back and beat him. Yeah, he dropped him on his slammed on his fucking head. Right, but it was that was off an wasn't that off an armbar too? Yeah, that was, that was Suplex City, baby. That was the Billy DeBeck. Suplex City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but as far as like a, a you know, cause he just basically hip tossed him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> onto his face. And the, yeah. the only other thing I've seen com- in comparison to that was just what what Bosch did. But it, it was a lovely slam, and I mean, we didn't get to see any of really of Buffondo's uh, flashy strikes and stuff that he's known for. You saw more of his. You saw more of it in the post fight when he did that Jean Claude Van Damme. Like oh yeah, and then into the split. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the anime Dragon Ball Z flip, you know, the uh, uh, Goku landing, whatever the fuck he called it, the anime thing. You want to compare? But, but I, the first thing I thought of when I heard it that that his fucking head bounced off the the cage or the uh, the, the mat was take a bowling ball, pick it up about three and a half four feet, and just drop it in the bowling alley and let it bounce off the wood. That's what it sounded like. It just sounded like that quick bang, and he was out. It was disgusting. Yeah, yeah it was nasty. I, I was trying to think. I was thinking like the sound of a, a sledgehammer to a watermelon or something. It was, ugh, the thud was gross. Ugh. And I've heard, a, you know, I've, I've heard some slams and people getting slammed on a mat my whole life in wrestling. I mean, I, I've slammed a dude on his head, gave him a concussion David on Heath. accident. Uh, oh, no, David I, Oh, David Heath, yes, 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 yes. Was that it, Boshin Heath? Yeah, that's the only one I can see where he had a slam with the with the KO. Yep. yep. Yeah, because I was trying, I was trying to look up, just googling, trying to find slam KOs, and that was the only one that I could, that I couldn't remember who it was. So thank you, Ryan. Yeah, you know the magic of Skype. Now I can actually use other types of uh, of internet <laughs> access. <laughs> Glorious, <laughs> right? Talk. <laughs> I'm looking forward to more of a Fondo because he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of strength. He's he's going to be a flashy guy to watch. I think there's I think there's something with this kid. There's a lot to watch with him. Oh, most definitely. I, I'm very excited to see who they're going to pair him up against next. I want to actually see some he some has, of that striking on display. Well, uh, he has his highlight video started up already. Right. It's a good. That's a good start to a highlight video. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um. All right, let's let's breeze through these other these last three. One more, um, Dan. All right, well, if we're gonna do one more, let's go Leslie Smith yep. because that's, I think that was the best fight. Yeah, the other ones were. Meh. I like the Henry Tamer. Well, fight the Tamer was fight wasn't bad. It was, I guess. We you know we broke down the whole you know main card and prelim card, and then we're gonna skip over the only Scottish fighter to win in Scotland on the weekend. Yeah, I guess that. Oh, the, yeah, I guess yeah, that Henry's one wasn't so bad. It just felt like, uh, you know, it was two rounds of good, it, one round of. Eh. Well, yeah. when you look 
Leslie Smith fight in comparison, though, Leslie yeah. Smith fight was better. Oh, yeah. Leslie looked incredible. I mean, you know, taking on a girl making her UFC debut, good on uh, Amanda Lemos, but uh, Leslie Smith yeah. just looked like an animal. Oh, my and God. Then, and then called out Bash Cahaya. 114 strikes in less than two rounds. That's pretty good to get the KO in. You know, minute and a half control up against the cage. Just beat the piss out of her. Yeah. That was awesome. That was an amazing performance by Leslie Smith. Yeah, her post-fight interview was fun. I liked that. Her, uh, her four fingers with the four wins to get to a title shot and batches of the middle finger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Overall, not a bad card, though. Not at not all. Not a bad card at all. Pretty good little Sunday watch. Yeah. Didn't, didn't do very good numbers in the U.S. You know? No, I mean, Sunday daytime cards exactly. are really tough, man. Exactly. They're tough. Like, we, we talked about that. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we had the Sunday night card. And I, I think it was Dave that, that had thrown out that they should go on the football schedule. But, yeah, uh, that, yeah. That, I mean, it's just hard because if, if it's not football season – People dedicate their Sundays to other things. Yeah. And so fight cards on a Sunday afternoon are tough. Well, Sunday in the summer, too. Like, I mean, summertime, you're going to have people either away or they're having family functions, possibly. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I think the the best time you're going to do a Sunday card is almost like a long weekend when you have a chance to have people. Like, was it the... uh, Demetrius card on Easter where, you know, like, you know that people aren't going to be working. When they have the day. next day off. Yeah, you kind of justify throwing the card there because of, but yeah, you have man. a card on a day and people are, what's Who that? the day after Easter off? Easter money's a holiday, isn't it? No. Not, not in the U.S. Not here. I got it off. Oh, well. Fucking we Canadians. We get, we get Sunday. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck has a holiday for Easter Monday? <laughs> I work the Sunday holiday. Huh? I have to work the Sunday. I get the Monday off. Oh, oh well, okay. okay yeah. yeah. Well, Most people I, like Sean's still right. That's probably why. No, we we uh, you know, we 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 give everyone Sunday off, but they better be their ass better be to work on Monday. Right. No excuses. Yeah, Sunday cards are tough. Like, you, like I think the only way Sunday cards really work is if you're doing them, like almost like this. How this week's card was, throw it overseas and stack it with that country's fighters to kind of, like, let them have a chance to shine and then throw it in the States. And if people watch it, they watch it. They don't, they don't. It's on Fight Pass. But be more concerned of what, like, the Scottish and like, the Welsh and the English. Look at those numbers and see how well you guys did there with that card. That's where, the, that's where their biggest concern should be. Compare the relative numbers, basically. Yeah. Like, did they – because if, if they did numbers on Sunday – in Glasgow, or well, in since like in the UK and Ireland, if their numbers were were almost identical to what they were in the states, then they got some trouble. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Not a bad. You're right though. It wasn't a bad card. I had a lot of fun watching it. It was it was nice to sit back on a Sunday afternoon. You know, the house was quiet. I I turned on. I I re uh, I re upped. I re, I ended up re upping my uh, my fight pass membership for the Tuesday night deal. This new uh, yeah. Tuesday night contender deal, yeah. fucking awesome! I'm loving it so far. So really good. As a you know, as a side thing, of course, you know the the get the early prelims again. Uh, don't have to watch them on alternative media. We'll just call it that. Um, so uh, it was great. I had Sunday afternoon, coffee, 
quiet house, me and Daisy hanging out, just watching the fights. I had a great time. Uh, it was a good card for that. It really was. I had uh, there was a lot of good stuff on. You know, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. I uh, was nursing <clears throat> quite the hangover from <laughs> two and a half days of Rebel Road. So, oh my God, good turnout for Rebel Road this year. Oh, dude, Rebel Road was awesome. They, I went down Thursday for about an hour, hour and a half, and I mean for a Thursday night, it was really crowded and a lot of bikes and then come friday and saturday it was just stupidity my uh my brother-in-law took my nephew michael down there i believe thursday Uh, no no sorry he went they went down it was maybe friday afternoon i don't remember what it was they took him down one of the maybe saturday afternoon i don't i don't remember what it was took him down during the afternoon one of the days uh just to go down and look at the bikes and a lot of the guys let the little guy sit on his bike you know and he had just the greatest time it was amazing yeah i bet man I, you know. bet. I i i didn't get to make it down during the day much because i was working all sure. weekend but i definitely spent a lot of time down there at night i saw your brother a few times yeah oh he's working down there yeah he was working at the cio uh, thursday or friday uh, thursday for sure i think i saw him okay. and then uh i want to say i saw him friday too but I was pretty drunk, so... I knew, I knew he was working, but I didn't know if he was working specifically down there where he would get to see anybody, you know? I didn't know if he was... If that was yeah, he was out... There. When, I, when I saw him, he was standing outside the CIO hall, like, checking IDs and stuff. He came back, uh... He had worked... Uh, I know we're getting off topic. Who gives a fuck? He yeah, had, well, whatever. <laughs> he had worked, um... I forget exactly where it was. It was, <clears> in, <throat> it was in Grand Rapids. And he had came back, and I was sitting downstairs. It was, like, 3 in the morning. He came back. I think this was two nights ago and uh he came down and he said i had to knock a dude out he said he punched me in the face what the fuck i looked at him he had a little tiny mark on his face and his hand was swollen he said i ain't never knocked anyone i ain't never knocked anyone out before it was kind of fucking cool <laughs> my, my brother's just he's a he's a nice kid he doesn't have that killer instinct he's so nice but and it takes a lot to get him but he's a big boy He's a yeah. he's a he's strong as a fucking bull, man. I've seen him, you know. I've seen him lift up the side of a fucking car when he gets angry. You know, he's Jordan, so strong. Jordan is like the textbook definition of a gentle giant. Absolutely. He's just, just a, he's just a super nice, soft-spoken kid. But I wouldn't fuck with him if he got mad. But he got. This is the first time he's ever, you know, got to that situation where he got so riled up where he had to take someone out and. Uh, I was like, well, good for you, man. What the fuck? That used to be proud of that. He's like, I don't know, man. It was kind of weird, but it was kind of cool. You know, He didn't quite know what to think about it, but I was proud of him. I was proud oh, of the yeah. kid. Jordan, I know you hear this because I know you listen. Good on you, kid. There you go. You. There you go. So we got a, we got another card this Saturday night uh, from Long Island, man. And uh, I'm going to be doing uh, a fight companion in person with, uh, with Mr. <laughs> Kyle Steele. Of the nice. Loudmouth MMA show. Aren't you doing, are you doing their other show too? Their yeah, Nick I'm doing Cage? The Nick Cage. Gotcha. Yeah. So originally, because I got to drive, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to the suburbs of Cleveland and see my grandma and my uncle and stuff. And then we're having a family reunion Saturday afternoon. And then originally I was going to drive, it's like two hours from Akron to Columbus it's like an hour and a half from where Kyle's at to Columbus. So we were just going to meet in the middle. 
and we got to talking about it and he was like well would it be worth the extra hour drive or whatever hour and a half drive to i think it's like an hour to save on a hotel room so i'm just going to kyle's place i'm going to stay there we're going to do the fight companion probably get drunk and then uh get up and then i'm going to do the nick cage podcast on sunday we're going to watch uh snake eyes i believe yeah okay we're going to watch gonna watch nice. snake eyes and then do uh do a podcast about snake eyes and then i'm gonna drive my happy ass the five and a half hours back home so this is the card this is not mm, this is kind it's, of a, this is kind of a weird card because there's more early prelims than main card fights yeah i was yeah. Just, i was just looking at that too you got five early prelims yeah. four prelims and then <laughs> four mains yeah, I'm actually surprised that they're having the the actual prelims on Fox. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, because I mean, I mean, it's a Fox main card, but I don't, I not that I can remember any other fights. And I, I, if anybody can think of it, please feel free to correct me. Just to be but I can't Ryan, think of deal. any other. I can't think of any other except maybe the very first UFC on Fox they did where Kane got beat by Junior, where they had the prelims on the Fox card. But yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty surprised by that. So. But all right, cool. So uh, in the main event, number five, Chris Weidman is taking on Calvin Gastelum. And I don't really like this. I love Chris Weidman. It's been God damn it. said a million times on this show by both you and I, Dave. We, we have been <sighs> we've been riding on Chris Weidman since we started this show. But I don't like this fight for Weidman, man. I don't like it at all. Gastelum is a fucking animal. And since he's come up to 85. The right place for him. The perfect yep. place for him. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I with the with the wave that Weidman's been on in these last few fights, I don't like this fight for him. I, I The only way I can see it really working out well <laughs> for Weidman is getting it to the ground and submitting him because Weidman is that much of a beast on the ground. Yeah, he has to get him down early, and he has to early is, yeah. yeah, and he has to soften him a little bit because it, I mean, if it does go to say late third into the fourth, you want Kelvin to kind of be beaten up a little bit, or else I mean, you're just going to be in, you're going to be in a war, and you want and to that's test not that what, gas tank. and that's not what Chris you're starting to not want to be get into a war after the fights that he's had since. Um, well, the, since the uh, Luke Rockhold fight, he like that fight there. I mean, that one roughed him up a lot. Yoel need his head into oblivion, and then uh, Gegard. Gegard you know, need him into oblivion too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like he's got to like, he's got to just get him down, do a little ground pound. He's got to soften him up early, and keep it there. And like you said, if he can get a submission, awesome. If not. Just hope that you can land enough ground pound for maybe a TKO stoppage or to soften him up for the later rounds. I don't. I, I hope Chris Weidman doesn't try to box with him too much. That's because, what I'm hoping too. You know, Kelvin Gastelum's going to outbox him, even though there's a seven inch reach advantage in Weidman's favor. Seven inch. Um, I still think that Kelvin Gastelum's smart enough um, to get in, drive him up against the cage, and utilize that dirty boxing to. In a much, much more efficient way than Wide McCann. I don't think 
Why? I mean, if Wyman tries to stand up, and if the 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 game is stand up, Gastelum is going to flatten him, no question. Wyman Wyman's got to take him down and hold him down. That's that's it's, that's it. That's the game plan. It's getting him down is the tough part, though. I, I mean, Wyman is Wyman is a phenomenal wrestler, but Ga- Kevin Ga- Kelvin Gastelum's a really good wrestler too. He is. It, it's it's going to be very Vitor, tough. Arizona State was he? Vitor ever caught? Did Vitor catch Gaslam at all in their fight? Mm, I don't. Or did he just go old school Vitor and then just got tired? And not, I mean, because I don't remember how the fight ended, but I just don't remember if Gaslam was ever. Vitor caught. landed 10 strikes, apparently. Okay. It was, yeah. He, he landed 10 out of the 28 he threw. Kelvin landed 26 yeah. out of the 49. And all 26 of them were significant. Yeah. And yeah. same with Vitor's ten of ten or six. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see a stand-up war out of Chris. And I hope. I really hope that uh, Matt and Ray Longo are in his ear, like, bro, it's time to time to get wrestle, this to the mat. Let's wrestle, 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 wrestle. You know. You got a you got a black belt in Henzo Gracie jujitsu for a reason. Let's use it. Take, you want you want to get him down. You want to hold him down and throw some strikes there. Throw those elbows. You know, fine. Just hold him down. Do not let this man up. That's his only hope. I really believe that's his only hope. Because yeah, this isn't like the kind of uh, Calvin Gaston that like last. Like, I'm trying to think of like the, the big big wrestlers that he's fought. The one that's coming to mind is Tyrone Woodley, but that was a very very different Gaston who was on a terrible weight cut and was completely out of shape like, like jeff said since hitting 85 it's a completely different monster hey, he's scary at 85 that's for sure like i said i got gastelum I'm, I'm hoping this is one of those fights that i would be more than happy to be wrong about but i got gastelum i don't want to do this but i gotta stick with weidman and I'm not, I'm not confident about this, but I'm hopeful about this because if Weidman loses this, I don't think we're going to see. I mean, I think Weidman's one of the kind of one of the guys that even in four losses or maybe even in five losses, he might even still be around just because of that, you know, the connections he has and the friendships he has. But all likelihood, um, Weidman might be gone if he continues to lose like this. I don't want to see him gone. Only thing that I think that if he if he does lose the fight, the only thing that saves him is probably a move up to two hundred five. And I don't want to see him do that. Yeah, he'll get crushed at two hundred five. Yeah, oh, I don't think it's, a, it's not a great move, but he's definitely not making. He's close. He's to nowhere to make There's no way he's making Walter weight. Hell, fuck no. There's no way. No, no chance. He cuts a lot to make eighty five itself. So, because he is a big. I mean, he's a big dude, and he yeah. does have to cut oh, yeah. quite a bit, but. Um, yeah, I got, you know, I, I, I've stuck with him through three losses. I'm going to stick with him through his fourth. Fuck it. Give me Chris Weidman for this one. Come on, brother. You got to give me one. Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going along with Dave, um, only because of the fact that I want to believe that, I mean, that spinning wheel kick against Luke Rockhold is the reason why he's on this slide right now, because he was arguably winning that fight before he tried that ridiculous a kick and that was really what cost him his belt you well i mean not a lot of people can 
you know, that, it was UL. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like it's yeah. not Bobby Wood taking him five rounds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the Gegard Mousasi thing that was a that fight was a, such a debacle in itself. But I can't see. Oh, I have to see. Oh, I'm good. Like that was yeah. just such a, a nonsense. I just feel that he still has something there. It's just a matter of finding it. And I'm going to stick with him just because I I, I want to believe that, you know, if hopefully he, if he wins this fight, they don't give him a well. Hopefully they can find a better fight for him. Please find but, a better fight for him. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 I just, for me, I would rather take Weidman and watch him lose and have to make a decision than take him to lose and watch him get beaten down. So that, I'm taking it just like basically for the same reasons Dave. Like I've stuck with him. I, I like Weidman too much to go against him and, that I mean, that's like I have very high, low hopes for getting this one right, though. You know what? Because you mentioned it as a sidebar, because we didn't get to talk about it. How about Bobby fucking Knuckles, guys? How about fucking oh, Robert yeah, Whitaker? Man. Come on, man! You got to give it up yeah, to that dude. Any, any one of us during any one person? You got it. I you did get it. You <laughs> fucking was, nailed it. I was leaning on it, but that dude beat Yoel Romero on one fucking leg. One yeah. leg. He beat Yoel Romero on one leg. Fuck me. And Bisbee can't run away this time. He, oh, yeah. Robert Whitaker is the man. The, he's the, he's the fucking man. That I, Jesus for Christ. Michael Bisbee. I hope he goes in there, and like just for the way. And I don't agree with what's going on with Yoel and him. But yeah. For him to, to be so disgraceful to another nation's flag, to rip up the flag of Cuba, right in front of Yoel. I hope that that Robert Whitaker knocks knocks him out early on, and then he takes Robert Whitaker, or he takes Yoel in Manchester, and Yoel just beats the living crap out of him for the way that he's been acting. Yes, I, I expect that's going to be the scenario that happens. But you know, this is just for me, just as the cyber. This is all about you know Whitaker and uh, the amazing win. The you know. The way he did it, the heart of that man, unfucking believable. I just, yeah. I, I'm blown away by that dude. Uh, just how good he is. It's, his last two victories, look who he's beaten. Come on. I mean, I didn't give him a chance in either one, and I am fucking eating crow because of it. And I mean, I, I can't say I didn't give him a chance. I didn't pick him to win. Is a better way for me to say it because right. you, you always give Robert Whitaker <laughs> a chance, but Jacare. Yuel Romero, and he beat them both. This he's the man. He's the man to beat, and he's twenty six years old. He's twenty six you know, years old. He's going to be on top of that division for a long time. He's the perfect example of guys going to the proper way. Like he's the Kelvin Gastelum. Like you know, fighting at one seventy was not the place for him. No, he took some bad losses. He corrected himself. He jumped up to one eighty five, and now he's the champ. This is exact. I mean, you could be looking at Kelvin Gastelum versus Robert Whitaker at you know next summer for the belt, and you'd be looking at two guys at 170 who are struggling and actually made a smart decision as opposed to just trying to stick it out and just climb the ranks the right way. So, so yeah, just you know, take the pin out, and I just wanted to sidebar to that because we didn't get a chance to, and I think I thought felt like you know Robert Whitaker really deserved the the praise from us because he earned. Oh, absolutely, he looked phenomenal. Yep. In the uh, co-main event, uh, Dennis Bermudez is taking on Darren Elkins. This should be a pretty exciting fight for, yeah. Elk- for Elkins. 
I don't think this is going to go well for Dennis Bermudez. I don't think he's fully recovered off of that Korean zombie KO that he just took. But back in February, uh, yeah, yeah, that was the Super Bowl card. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little too soon, man. I, I don't see this ending well. Where's, uh, where's Alkins from? Is there an Alkins from around here? Uh, Elkins is uh, from Portage, Indi- Indiana. Indiana, Indiana. That's right. Every time I hear where he's from, I Portage, obviously, you know. Yeah, Portage. I hear Portage. Right. I'm like, whoa, oh, Indiana, right? So he's, I mean, he's close to us. I like Elkins in this fight. I think Elkins yeah. has the advantage in this fight. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got the, you know, the height, the reach, all that kind of stuff right there. But I also think he's got, he's got much more, and I think uh, uh, he's going to stand up, and I think he's going to knock him out. I mean, he, he's he had he's coming off that impressive comeback of uh, over Mirsad Bektic where he was. Oh, is that, the, is that the one who's all all messed up and bloody? Yeah, Bektic yeah. beat the crap out of him for <laughs> yes, yes, two yes. plus rounds, and then Elkins. It was that was his first fight after he got that shitty damage tattoo. Oh my god. Oh, oh that's yeah. Right. Horrible. Yeah. They won't even put it. They haven't even updated this no. picture. I don't think the UFC wants that on there. So No, I don't think so either. That tattoo is god-awful. I think, actually, I picked their openness to lose that fight because of that tattoo. I think we all I think did. we all did. <laughs> that thing sure is, oh, all my did. God. That's going to take out uh, Diesel Riggs for being worst tattoo of fucking... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anthony Pettis's sweet portraits. <laughs> those yeah. those chest those chest portraits are fucking awful. Ugh. They look like they look like morphed faces. I don't. I, I, if I were whoever the hell that is in that family, I'd be pissed at that tattoo artist. The damage. The damage. It's pretty god awful. <laughs> so we got a, what, a clean sweep for Elkins in this one. Oh yeah. Yeah, Elkins baby. There, you know what? You know what I noticed? There's there's a lot of great mustaches on this card. I was card. just gonna point that out. <laughs> I was just going to point that out because I, I saw that when I was looking when I was waiting for you guys to call me. I was looking over the card and Still I'm like, really? shit, there's some really good mustaches yeah. on this one. Cheeto Vera, you got fucking Cummins and Cop Stash Timmy Johnson. Timmy Johnson, of course. Good God, yeah. that that thing is out of control. I mean, look at his updated, you know. This updated oh, yeah. mini one, a, not, you know, Jesus. Yeah, it's a full handlebar now. Yeah. That thing is uh, going to be Mike Beltran before you know it. <laughs> he's, creeping <laughs> up on, he's creeping up on Paul Senior level. <laughs> it's just going to go down his neck and connect into his chest. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah, but then you get the front behind the you got to shave the chest here. So it almost looks like suspenders, and it just gets kind of weird. It's going to get out of control. I mean, Tim Johnson's the man to pull it off. I believe in him. I believe in Tim Johnson. Timmy Copstash Johnson, baby. He's coming up. <laughs> He's coming up. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on Timmy Johnson here in a minute. But in the uh, in the second fight of the main card, number twelve, Patrick Cummins is taking on Gian Vellante, number thirteen, respectively himself. Cummins coming off of that win over Jan Blahovic, an extremely dominating win on his part. Yep. Uh, and a fight that I thought he had no chance in, too. I completely had all my chips in on Jan Blahovich and Absolutely. Thoroughly. As long as he's got that stash, I'm picking fucking Patrick Cummins all day. I he's think Patrick Cummins animal. is stronger. I think he's he's more uh, aggressive. I got Patrick Cummins. 
Yeah, what? I mean, you you talk about the uh, Dennis Bermudez recovery from his knockout. I mean, John Volante, last time we saw him, he was getting just pieced up against the cage by Shogun, and yeah. that was only back in March. You got to you got to wonder how 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 well he's going to be going into this fight. And yeah, I'm thinking Patrick Cummins. Like, aside from that that DC fight, I've always been impressed with with what he's done. I mean, and even in the DC fight, taking yeah. the fight on like, 48 hours notice, pretty much like. You know, working at Starbucks, and his manager has to buy a coffee to tell him he's got to fight in UFC. Right. I mean, I mean, he's. I mean, the guy's story is just amazing. I mean, not there's not much to not like with the guy. I mean, I, you gotta you gotta always drive with Patrick Cummings. I feel. And aside from, I mean, Shogun, who uh, who just you know just beat Gian, uh, Patrick Cummings has been fighting outstanding talent: Glover Teixeira, Lil Nog, Jan. Uh, Cavalcante, you know, he's his la- and over the last couple of years, he's, you know, he's taken a couple losses, but he's been fighting some really high-level talent. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think, you know, if, if you're in there, if you're in the cage with Glover Teixeira and you don't learn something, eh, there's something wrong with you. You know, and I, well, I mean, think you take something away from that all the time. He's, and he's, the, king of, he's the king of the post-fight pictures, too, like... Every picture that he takes post-fight, he's got like, two swollen black eyes. He can't see anything, or he's you know, like his massive gash on his forehead. Like, every picture that you see of this guy after his fights, so, like, it's, like I said, it's hard to not like him. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I was, got him. It was an absolute mess after the uh, the last fight with Bohovich. So, kicking off the main card will be Jimmy Rivera taking on Thomas Almeida, number four and number nine, respectively. Jimmy Rivera's oh, uh, last fight coming off of the win over Uriah Faber. Uh, and Thomas Almeida got back on track after getting knocked out by Cody Garbrandt by defeating Albert Morales. This uh, is a tough one to pick, but I got... I'm going. Jimmy Rivera is the higher ranked, but I'm going with Thomas Almeida in this one. You know, between these two guys, you got 41 victories and only two defeats. You know, yeah. Jimmy Rivera yeah. 20 and one, Thomas Almeida 21 and one. I mean, uh, I just think Almeida fought tougher competition out of the two. I think Thomas Almeida is the more talented of the two. I think Thomas Almeida has way better hands between the two and Thomas Almeida in his 21 victories has finished 73% by knockout. I think he's a finisher and he continues on that. I got Thomas Almeida in this one because I believe he's, I just think Jimmy Rivera is, is a hell of a fighter, but I think Thomas Almeida's younger and I think he's quicker. He's better with his hands and he's a more talented fighter. Yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Thomas Almeida. I've been impressed. Love his fights. Um, I first saw him back at, was it uh, UFC 189 that uh, Mendez McGregor when he did the flying knee to Brad Pickett, and from that I, I tried to watch the minutes his fights that I can since then, and he's always been impressive uh, to me. I mean, and when he only losses to the current champion, not and bad. The current champ- and the current champion is known for just knocking everyone out who's not named Dominic Cruz, and still even make they just embarrass Dominic Cruz on the feet. I mean. It's pretty good to have that loss on your record if you're going to have one. Uh, I Jimmy Rivera, I think, has a good. Like, I mean, I think he has a fair shot in this fight. I think that if he, like, with a loss, I still like he's going to continue to climb uh, in the UFC regardless. 
Um, now I'm going to take Almeida, but I'm not taking it as confidently as I have taken other picks. I think that there's still, I think Rivera can still get in there, land some leg kicks, find his groove, uh, and do what he has to do to eke out the win. But I think Almeida can, is going to take this one, and I'm going to say probably a second round knockout. If you if you just I mean if you look at the numbers you know Rivera twenty eight Thomas Mita twenty five years old you know their their records twenty one and one twenty one and oh you know or twenty and one twenty one and one you look at all these things this could potentially be the best fight on the card at least you know by the numbers it has the potential to yeah. be the best fight on the card so yeah and and you know and because it's Names that necessarily, uh, um, like, you know, like the the Buffalo Wild Wing fans know, this could easily turn out to be like the uh, the uh, Hoi Choi Cup Swanson style fight where no one knows what they're going to get into. Oh, it's just the opening fight of the card, and you just see just fireworks for 15 minutes. I'm expecting good things from this fight. Really good things. I am too. I think it's going to be a great one for kicking off the main card. And like I said, I think regardless of the outcome, I think the future is bright for both these guys. Definitely. They're not going anywhere, neither of them. No, not anytime soon, for sure. Four fights, oh. main card. <laughs> yep. Um, do we want to go in-depth into the prelims or just kind of skip around fight to fight? There's a couple I want to touch on, but... Yeah. I mean, as far as... I mean, the main event of the Fox prelims is the debuting Lyman Good taking on Elizu Zaleski dos Santos who has really not fought anybody that anybody really yeah. probably would know. This uh, one's kind of like, you know, what? I don't know. We got yeah. we got to see both these guys kind of in action before we can really make a proper assessment. Right. right. I mean, DeSantos has got a few fights in in the UFC, but like I said not against anybody, probably all first prelims. Hafian Otello is taking on the debuting Eric Anders. Um, Ryan LaFleur is taking on the other cowboy, Alex Oliveira. Yeah. I think this one's going to be... One of our favorites. (laughs) Yeah. The other cowboy. The interim cowboy when the other cowboy's out. That's his new name. He's given the interim interim (laughs) cowboy title. interim cowboy. I got. I stole. I. I can't take credit for that. I stole that one from somewhere. I seen it when he was booked for the fight. They called him the interim cowboy, and I fucking popped. I was like, "This is great. <laughs> I'm going to use this on the show when it comes up." So I can't take I, credit for it. I think Lafleur is going to take this one. I got Lafleur too. This is the one. This is the only other one I wanted to talk about on the prelims. Was, when you're when your only loss is to Damian Maya, you got to be. You're doing something right. Right. Uh, yeah, I got. I got Lafleur. I got Lafleur definitely. Yeah, I got LaFleur. Yeah. Um, I did. I, I mean, we don't even have to go into it, but I just, I'm just i going to mention Damian Grabowski is taking on my boy Chase Sherman, the Vanilla Gorilla. I'm taking the knockout Chase, artist, Chase Sherman, all the way. Yeah, I, I think Sherman's got this one. Grabowski hasn't fought since 2016, so. And, and yeah, Sherman won that fight, right? He was on his eating the leg kicks. Yeah, the last one against Rodgers. Yeah, he got he beat Couture, um, who was making yeah, his that, debut yeah, on short yeah. notice. Uh, Rashad Couture. Otherwise, he's lost to Justin Ledet and Walt Harris. But um, the Justin Ledet fight was entertaining, even though Ledet was kind of piecing him up. Chase Sherman took it on like two weeks' notice and just kept begging him to come at him. So, uh, 
And then, as far as the early prelims, there's really two fights I want to touch on. The first being uh, Brian Kelleher taking on uh, Marlon Chito Vera. Uh, Brian Kelleher made his UFC debut back at uh, the Eldo and Holloway uh, card and picked up the submission over Erie Alcantara after begging and pleading any and everyone on Twitter to give him a shot in the UFC, and he got it on short notice and kicked ass and now he's getting to fight at home. So I'm excited to see what Brian Kelleher is going to do in this fight. And is I think he'll, I got him all the way. Is he the, one that, yeah. is he the one that was calling out Brazilians after that one? Yeah. He was yep. the one talking shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Then yeah. I'm hundred percent. Now he gets an Ecuadorian. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now he gets Chito Vera who beat Brad Pickett uh, in his final fight. Pickett, right? yeah, yeah. He retired Pickett. I think, I think Keller's just going to beat the fucking brakes off this dude. I think Keller submits him, takes him down and submits him. Just like, you you know, Kelleher. Sorry, I always pronounce his name wrong. Kelleher. I always pronounce him Keller. Sorry. Brian Boom Kelleher. Yeah, I got, Anyone I got Boom. Brazil chokes out one of their own and then calls out the entire crowd. <laughs> I can't win. Like, I just can't say this guy's going to lose because they – Clearly got balls on him. I remember watching the fight. And I was I was talking to TV. I was like, bro, you know they stab people just for fucking soccer games in this country. Yeah. You better yeah, watch yeah. your fucking ass. We're yeah. sitting there at our house, at my house <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Don't egg the crowd on. No, not in Brazil, <laughs> man. They fuck no. you up. Matt Brown Damien's like a uh, Matt Brown's like attacked in the crowd by so many people in the in the hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's only for talking crap about Maya for the most part. This guy's coming. I mean, oh, sorry. Matt Brown flipped off the crowd. Okay. This guy think straight up, like just calling them into the, opening the door for them pretty much. Wasn't it Matt Brown that got punched in the back of the head? Yes, it was. was. On the couch. Yeah. 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 Like three times. Brazil, yeah, you know, Brazil does not fuck around, man. Oh man, it's a dangerous little place. Like, for you, all people out after the, after choking out one of their own, like, good yeah. lord, not good. He made it backstage. Not good. Yeah. Not good. No, no, not at all. But we'll see. I, hopefully, he's got some more uh, some more good things to say in his post fight. Calls out somebody else. You know, he's at home, so I'm sure he's going to be real cocky. And then, uh, like I said, the only other fight really I wanted to touch on is uh, the aforementioned Timmy Johnson. Yeah, baby. Welcoming uh, Junior Albini to the, or Albini, I don't know, to the UFC, making his debut. Cop stash is going to knock out the starter. I hope so. But the power is, he's like Samson, the power's in the mustache. It's, he's so up and down all the goddamn time. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one. I think he's going to continue being win one, lose one, win one, lose one for the rest of his career. Let's hope he can put, this will, this will be two in a row if he wins this one, so. Oh, that'll be nice to see him go on yeah. somewhat of a streak. Yeah, get a streak going. That'll be cool. Well, you know, that's this weekend. You'll be doing this yeah, one you'll be doing this one in Ohio. Yep. I'll be I'll be in Kyle's basement getting drunk. And who knows what kind of weirdness will ensue. I mean I can only imagine just listening to him and Zach's um fight companions, so Right, are you you free this weekend, Ryan? Maybe we could do something. And then maybe we could do something, and then we could call them while they're doing something. Yeah, I'll, uh... Let me know. Yeah, I'll check and see if i got the card going on this weekend. We'll be in touch. All right, let me know. Sure. Uh, I got the news pulled up. You want me to start on the news? 
Yeah, go ahead. I got, um, I got some of the stories that you had mentioned okay. on our page. So Okay. Um, first one, and probably the biggest one, and the most important one for me anyway, but the, the biggest one coming up is Brock Lesnar re-enters the USADA testing pool. Jeff broke this one uh, from Diz. The originally uh, it was Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman came to the UFC to talk to the upper echelon, talk to the brass, and then the next day as a follow up, Diz posted, "Yeah, he's in the he's in the testing pool." That's big news, man. I now, also can I can I get just a clarification on this? Then his UFC 200 test and all that crap. What happens with all of that then? Because I really haven't had a chance to follow this story that much, but I know that like, being popped and all that, like. He tests positive. Does he not face any any form of like any form of punishment for the positive? He did. Testing? He was suspended for a year, and that's all it was. That's it. Yeah, he never okay. and he never he never retired. Like, he didn't announce a retirement. He was just like, okay, fine. Took suspension, went back to the WWE, and said, fuck it. So okay, there's also some other stuff that I'm reading because I'm going through the. Uh, I got some nice Reddit sites with some good inside WWE stuff. Brock Lesnar's contract expires just after WrestleMania 34, this one that's coming around uh, in 2018, right? Um, no intention at this time to re-sign with WWE. It says sources, this is just rumors so far, Brock doesn't want to do WWE anymore. At 40 to 41 years old, he wants to do another couple of fights in MMA let the WWE cool off for a bit because he's been there for a few years and, you know, the, the thing is getting kind of old, his shtick. Let that cool off, let him go away for a couple of years, do the MMA thing, and then maybe go back to WWE. So it looks like his plan is to do another fight here in, in November in the UFC, run out his WWE through next year around April or so, and then do another fight in the UFC. That looks like oh. the plan going forward. Diz, Diz put another follow-up. It wasn't so much UFC-related, but uh, that the the rumor is he's dropping the strap to Roman at Russell or at Summer SummerSlam. So, yep. Yeah. Um, actually, it's 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 right now. They it could be Strowman, could be Roman. It depends on injuries because Roman's got a little thing going on. It might he might need some time off. So Strowman's just back from the elbow surgery. It could be him. Um, okay. But they wanted to kind of hold on to that one, him and Strowman. So if Roman needs any time off, Strowman's going to step in. Otherwise, it's going to be Roman. Yeah, I read this. I read a lot. Of, I've been reading up on this stuff since since it broke because, you know, I'm just a huge Brock fan. And, right. Um, well, that's, why I, that's why I shared. I didn't because, obviously, when he posted that status, I couldn't get another website confirmation right away. So right. I just shared the Twitter status to the page because I knew once you saw that, you'd be thrilled. Yeah, I was on it. I was on it right away. There's a guy on Reddit who goes by the, the nickname, so to speak, the handle of Dolphin925. The guy is notorious on Reddit because for the last two years, he has called and correctly picked every single winner for every WWE pay-per-view because he's got this inside thing with them and they're, it's just it's crazy. He's 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 some he's got some kind of leak in WWE where he knows everything that's going on and he's named everything right and everything that he does is right and it's really ridiculous. So I went to him it's first. Just Triple H, who are you kidding yourself? Come I on. know it's got to be. You know he <laughs> names himself this, <laughs> this random dolphin name. 
so we don't know who it is. It's someone in WWE. We know that much, but we just don't know who it is. So I go to him because every time he says something, it comes out fucking right. So I'm like, I can trust this guy. So I go and read his stuff, and I come up. he comes up with all this stuff. And he lays it out exactly how it is, and this is what's going to happen. So I go to Twitter, and I find Diz's stuff. And it coincides, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm piecing stuff together, and I'm like, everything's, you know, it's, it's kind of coming together. Everyone that I trust, you know, not just to be rumors, that I trust what they say, is saying the same thing, so there's some merit to this. Yeah, I, would, I mean, Disney's track record speaks all for itself. Exactly. Once, I, once he saw it, said it, I was like, well, there's not really much much to dispute i believe it not wrong well he doesn't just you know i i believe what Diz says when it comes to the mma just like i believe whatever dolphin says comes to M- uh, to the pro wrestling area and you know if those two guys are saying the same exact thing probably good chance it's true so when he comes back what's the fight that you guys would want to see then for uh, for lesnar i don't oh, really care I didn't even Anybody, think, any- yeah really <laughs> honestly i don't care i just want to see him in there I'll watch him fight anybody. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it could be... Yep. Uh, give him Uber. Give him over him again. I, that's fine. Fine. I mean, you're not going to get Hunt in there with him. I can guarantee no. you that. <laughs> no, no. A little bit of bad no, blood there. You can guarantee Mark Hunt can do the steroids this time around. Hey, let him... Maybe him and Beast can... Let him and Black Beast fight. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know what? Black Beast is coming back now. You know, he'll be married at this point. He'll have his... Kind of get his marbles back together. Why not give uh, give him a big the, the biggest fight of his of his career there? Give Beast I, that payday. I'd love that. I don't think they'll put him in there against Ngano. That would be that, that'd be a shot. bad idea for Brock. Well, well after Ngano decapitates uh, Junior Dos Santos, he's just me waiting out uh, for the heavyweight strap. Yeah, Brock being in there is just it's it's great news for the UFC. They got to be loving this. Uh, he's it's what, just fun to say. win or lose. He's just he's just a draw. Like he just has exactly. That, he doesn't have to even. He doesn't even have to speak. Like he just all he has to do is he Brock Lesnar has a pay per view, and you're gonna have millions of people tuning in just to see that. One guy, and one guy alone has ever outdrawn Brock Lesnar, and that's Conor McGregor, and he only did it by fifty thousand buys. That's it. That's the only guy to ever outdraw Brock, and even still, the top ten. Most selling pay-per-views uh, of UFC of all time, Brock holds more than anybody else. He sells, man. Yeah. When he's on top, when he's on top and he's the headline, he sells. Period. People want will pay to well, see him win or lose. They don't give a fuck. They just want to see him in that, there. The, the the wrestling fans want to see their their side exactly like, represented with a huge win. The MMA yep. fans they want to see like, him lose. Actually, Comparable to to uh, to McGregor Mayweather. Yep, this exactly. Is going to destroy so many box offices because you have one side wants to see the win, one side wants to see the win, so everyone's going to tune in. And it's exactly what Brock Lesnar does. I mean, you think back to what two thousand six, seven when he first when he first fought in the in UFC when he when he fought Frank Mir, it blew up everything. Like, and yeah. he was MMA people knew Frank Mir, maybe not have known. Brock Lesnar, if they weren't wrestling fans, but he started selling pay-per-views like nuts, only because of the fact that he had this huge thing behind him, and then it was just like this whirlwind, and it's just grown and grown and grown to like epic proportions. If I mean, 
I love Brock. I want to see Brock do this. But to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense because right now he's getting paid somewhere between 12 and $15 million a year to fake fight four times a year. Why do you give that up? To go in there and get punched in the face, slammed on your head, you know, potentially injure yourself. I mean, you can obviously potentially injure yourself in pro wrestling. There's always that risk. But you know what I mean? You're getting legit punched in the face. You're getting legit slammed on your head. You're getting your arm twisted out of socket. Your ankle ripped in half. You're, the training for it's ridiculous. The For uh, you know a payday that's not as good as the WWE constant paychecks. Right. Maybe a one-time payday is bigger, but the overall you know constant paychecks that you have to do for not working at all, sitting at home in Canada, riding your tractor around, you know, being a farm boy, getting those million-dollar checks every month to do absolutely fucking nothing because that's part of your deal. Why do you give yep. that up? Why? You see, I, thing, like, I mean, I know that this horse has been beaten to death, like, you know, a million times over, but it, it all comes, like, I, I, it's that injury, it's that diverticulitis, like, it robbed him. Career, it, it was really, we, we never got to really see what he could have done, and then, you know, losing the belt to Kane, and then trying to come back, and, and you know, losing to Overham, and everyone's like, oh, it's, you see, he's just a fries, a fries, he can't even take a, a kick to the, to the body, look, it's over, and then he comes back, and he fights Hunt, and there's all the controversy, because it's only, a week, uh, a month or so away, and of course he's going to test positive. And that. Now he's saying, like, look, I, I'm going to give you guys as much time as you guys want me to take, and I will do what it takes. You know, test me clean. I'll test me nonstop. Let's do this. And I think he just wants to show the world that he still can be the mixed martial artist that he wants to be, and he can do it clean without any red flags, no asterisks, no nothing, and he can beat top-tier UFC fighters. Agreed. Definitely. Definitely. We needed, we needed to see Brock Lesnar in the UFC at like 25. You know what I mean? When he was... Yeah. Oh, my God. When he was out giving the uh, the F5 to, to the Undertaker on the Hell in a Cell, he should have been in there ripping uh, oh, uh, Tim Sylvia's... You know, wrestling with Tim Sylvia on the mat and seeing what he could do with that. Oh, my God. Beating up Andre Arlovsky. Right. He would have been a fucking killer then but he would, he would like you would not see two title defenses be the record if lesnar was there no, in his prime absolutely not. even if he was healthy when he was there yeah yeah there's no way but i mean he's 40 years old now and he's look at him now, he's, even at 40 look at the man jesus fucking christ he's just i mean he's just a special special dude and you know we'll see him and you him and you all romero we'll see some of the most some of those freakish genetics. So, Justin Gagey, Eddie Alvarez, set to coach Tough 26. You guys interested in this? No. Not, not at all. all. I, I think it's an absolute waste of everything. You're going to stick Gagey in this house doing all this bullshit. You should have been running back Alvarez and Poirier. Mm-hmm. See, I think what they're trying to strike with Gaethje Alvarez, I don't mind that fight. It's an all right fight. I, I like know, the fight. Okay with, Fight's after, okay. After, but after you had Gaethje's debut, the way he debuted, now you're going to say, okay, we're going to film the show for whatever, a month, six weeks, whatever it is, and then we're going to do the post-production, then we're going to air the show, and he's just going to be sitting there. And sitting there like, 
he's not gonna like you need to strike while they're on top. I mean, he's fresh still. You know, I mean, you could be looking at at Alvarez and him at like maybe two sixteen, two seventeen. Instead, we're gonna be waiting till you know December. Hopefully, it's yours to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, that would make yeah, it would probably fall right at right, right around that time. Well, two nineteen. Uh, it'll be two eighteen. It was supposed to be two nineteen, but then oh, it got yeah two fifteen getting canceled With, and then right. moved to September. So, um, I, I just think the season is going to be boring. Like Gagey is an exciting fighter, but as a person, Justin is real boring. His post fight interviews are very boring. He's like Rory McDonald. He doesn't yeah, have a lot of per- he doesn't comparison. have a lot of personality to bring to the table. So it's not going to sell. Eddie Alvarez is not exactly the most exactly. exciting person either. He's the same way. He's very dry. He's very to the point of you ask him a question, he answers it, move on. I mean, Eddie's, a, Eddie's at least a, a decent shit talker because he's a Philly kid and a, and a New Jersey boy hanging out and shit. But like, I mean, we see, we've seen a little, bit, a little bit of it with Connor. You know, yeah, and, he, and he traded I, barbs with Connor a little bit, but once Connor got going, though Alvarez, oh really god, Whoa. he fell Connor, apart. Connor's a, Connor's a terrible example because anybody trying to throw verbal jazz with Connor. If you want a good example, the the Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler fights, the buildups <laughs> with those. I mean, that's somebody on Eddie's level. Anybody versus Connor is just but terrible just when the, it comes to shit talking. But just the fact that he sat up there with Connor. And, right, and for he, sure. And he's and he even I mean he may not have gotten the best of, but he threw stuff back at the dude that is the best at at working the fuck out of a crowd by shit talking. And yeah. he still threw barbs back at that guy. He could still do it when he has to. But I, I'm not. I, I wanted to see they got to turn this around. Gagey doesn't belong on a reality show right now. Gagey's a fighter. He belongs no. in the fucking cage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's and it's too soon too. Just you know these these tough shows should be for for guys that have been in the UFC for a long time, not even a long time, but yeah. but several fights and they've got history and they got some you know they're not young fighters that need to be on a, a heavy schedule. They've you know they've they've been in, they fought ten times and everyone knows them and they're they're in that kind of area in their life where they could be a coach, they could be a fighter. You never know. That's kind of the spot that I feel like the coaches need to be. For the tough show, not guys like Gagey who's coming in young and hot and firing on all cylinders. They don't need to waste him on that. No. Well, you and look it, at and this a... past season. Like this past season, like the fights were good, but look at Cody Garbrandt. He's not ready to coach, and his team was just utterly dismantled in that combat. Like, he doesn't. Know how... You need guys that that can actually coach too. Like you, you don't want us to go. You, at least Cody Garvin was able to give some smack talk to, to TJ Dillashaw. This one here, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of talk, and there's probably, I mean, who knows how well these guys can coach. I mean, you could be looking at one guy just being destroyed, and he, he just can't draw ratings, and they're at a point where they're saying that they wanted to do everything in their power to save the show, or else it's going to be canceled. And I can well, see I mean, this season being the season that gets it canceled. It's going to boil down to it's going to be Mark Henry versus Trevor Whitman, as far as the coaching goes, because right, I don't, I don't know what Eddie's going to be able to bring to the table either, as far as being a coach. And Gagey kid couldn't teach anybody head movement because he can't do it his own goddamn <laughs> self. So, here's how you eat a shot. Ready, stand, and go. Well, here's the thing too. According to Kevin Lee, 
he was offered the spot on Tough first and agreed, and Eddie said no, and so they scrapped oh. it and they brought in. I mean, it's coming from Kevin Lee, so you know, take it for maybe, what it maybe is. not, you know, right? But that's that's what he's putting out there is that he was offered the, the tough spot originally and Eddie turned it down because he didn't want to, probably because he didn't see Kevin Lee as a, a good enough fight for him. Um, but then, of course, when Gagey got thrown on the table, well, yeah, sure, I'll fight a former champion. Bigger draw, more money. Well, right, know. right. So, I mean, that's that's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, how about a quick holy, one? You know, uh, Holy shit. What, what happened? Uh, breaking news, according to Brett Akamoto, apparently Bellator is going to give Aaron Pico another main card shot. On uh, you huh. or Bellator 183 in September. Really? Yep. Just broke three minutes. Any names? No. Uh, let me open the article. It just came up across my screen. Probably not yet. But they're, they're, just they're fucking pushing they're gonna, this kid. You're gonna uh, give him another main card shot. He's not ready for that. Um. The promotion is still uh, finalizing the uh, process of fi- uh, finalizing Pico's op- opponent, but the fight will take place at lightweight. And then that just goes into talking about him fighting uh, his debut and shit about getting beat by Freeman. But this is the uh, this is going to be the Benson Henderson and Patricky Pitbull. Oh right. Fight and then it's also the promotional debut of Roy Nelson. Ah, have they not announced his opponent? Yes, he's taking on uh, Javi Alea. Uh, Alea. We we found I found it on Twitter on one of our episodes a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I couldn't I, couldn't... Rem- I couldn't remember who he was fighting. Yeah, I mean it's nobody. That's name, what. Our, so. That's right. That's right. I mean, there aren't, outside of about three or four guys, there aren't really a lot of names in the Bellator heavyweight division anyway. Yeah, so there really isn't a heavyweight division. I mean, I guess they're going to kind of build it around Roy Nelson, if you think about it. I mean, you got Roy, Roy and Mitrione. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, not, not great names, but I mean, you got Congo, you got Fedor in there, you got Frank yeah. Mir probably going to go in there. Yeah, Mir's in there now, too. That's right. You know, he's, uh, it's, it's, uh, still, it's an old division, too. We never really got a chance to talk about that one either. What do you guys think about? Mere wanting Fedor. I think so. it's two old guys that I don't want to see fight each other. I mean, like, when it comes down, I mean, is it, is it, yeah, because like, I'm down for that one more than anything else as opposed to seeing those two guys taking on these, like, young up and comers and just getting their heads knocked off. Yeah, I'd definitely watch that one over a lot of other ones. They don't really have many heavyweight up and comers, though. I mean, it's well, kind of a I shit show. I meant more, more in general how oh. like, it just. Like in heavyweight, yeah. in the heavyweight division, it always seems to be like the forty-year-old taking on the twenty-three-year-old, you know, up and like like Francis Ngannou and Arlovsky kind of deals, you know. And the young guy just beats the fucking brakes off exactly. until he can't yeah. breathe it's, anymore. It's so, yeah, know. exactly. You know, I love I love Fedor. I'm, I think he's a fucking madman, but my God, when's enough enough? I mean, if if if, if Mir can submit. No, Guerra and Fedor, I mean. But that's a nice, nice... I've said it before. If Fedor's fighting, I'm not picking against him. Uh, right. No, that one could be a fun a fun ground fight for sure. I mean, Mir, Mir obviously is an absolute animal, but we've seen Fedor 
do a lot of things on the ground. So like it could potentially be at least a decently fun fight. I mean, as long as they don't make it the main event, you know, put it as like the third fight or, or something like that. Like, I mean, they're not. They didn't make Fedor the main event of the last card he was on. So I did. I thought didn't they have no? Wasn't he multiple main events for that one? It was. They were okay. So it was Sonnen and Silver was the main event, and logical thinking would have been Fedor and Mitrione the fight before that. But it was like. They did the Fedor and Mitrione fight. Then they had like one or two other fights, and then it was Silva Sonnen. They had a, they had an undercard fight. It was a yeah. Fight. yeah. They they took a fight off the undercard, postponed it, and then threw it on the main card. Yep, that's right. Okay, that's right. Bellator's weird, man. Bellator's super <laughs> fucking weird about their shit. What was uh What was the other news story? Oh, a uh, quick one. Uh, Oklahoma Commission denies Michael Chiesa's appeal for that fight night defeat by Kevin Lee. Did you guys think he was going to get it? No. Fuck no. no. Oh, God, no. no. I mean, we, we talked at, at arm's length yeah. about, well, about how it looked. I mean, everything about that submission, it looked maybe a second or two early. Exactly. I mean, was it, it wasn't like, it, it, like we said earlier in the show, it has to be the Gunnar Nelson for them to take this thing kind of like a, a complaint seriously. This had no business being appealed. He was fucking done. Um so that was just a quickie, another quickie. But uh, do we do we not want to talk about two fifteen getting oh, announced? Oh yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I just got I, thought, I, I got thought... I got two real quickies. Um, oh, sorry, I thought that was the last one we were doing. My bad. No, I got one quick. Universal Studios announces Conor McGregor documentary. It's gonna Ooh. it's gonna entail his time from um, and they got a lot of footage, I guess, from his time as being uh, on welfare to being the highest paid MMA fighter of all time. I guess I seen this and I thought immediately, Ryan, you got to be all over yeah. this, brother. I'm. I mean, you you see the stories all the time. Uh, you know, some guy he's homeless, he's able to become. You know, all of a sudden he he can pay some world class chef. Blah blah blah. You like But for Conor McGregor to be a plumber, an apprenticing plumber with his father, but wanting to fight and doing everything he can, spending all of his money, collecting welfare checks of, of two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm just to make it into the UFC. And then for him, to, like, the mediocre rise that he's done, to take, you know, to call the shots and to do it, and, you know, the one downfall when he fought uh, Nate Diaz, short notice, said, you know, but, you know, everyone knows the story. He, he, I'll take the fight at 140. Okay, he can't do it. This, I'll, yeah. do it again. Okay, we'll do it. He yeah. loses, and everyone ripped him apart. He's, not, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. And for him to come back and just keep on climbing, climbing, and... To convince Floyd Mayweather to come out of retirement. I mean, what he's done since 2012, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I mean... That's a great story. It really is. Regardless if you like him or not, I got to believe it. It's going to be a very inspiring documentary. I mean, Oscar winner, 2019, 100%. Best documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Get on draft. Dave, go on DraftKings. Put your 20 bucks down. Put my 20 bucks on this. Documentary. Notorious. I read a story um, about a guy, about Connor. I may have shared this before, but we'll, we'll share it again. Um, when Connor was coming up and he needed, uh, he might have even been like one of his first fights as a pro, he needed some walkout music, right? 
and oh he, yes, he couldn't afford. Yes. He couldn't afford. It. He just cashed his la- his welfare check. He was he spent it all on like trunks or whatever. And there was this particular song he wanted. He contacted the artist and asked me if they could do it. And they said, "Well, you can have. You can use the walkout. You can lease it for like a hundred dollars or hundred fifty bucks." And Connor said, "I can't afford it, but if you let me use it, I promise you, I'm going to be the biggest thing in MMA, and I will pay you back a hundred times what you want or whatever it was." I'm just paraphrasing. I'll pay you back so much more than you'll ever, ever imagine of that 100 or 200 bucks to what it was. And they denied him use of their song because they said, well, if you can't give me the 100 to walk out, then you're not getting it. What are those yeah. dudes thinking now? You know what I mean? Imagine if they would have been his walkout song the whole time. Imagine the kind of popularity those guys could have got from him if they would have just yeah, taken a chance. Every fight that he walks out to, who I mean, who are you gonna who are you gonna rock? You know, it's always been supposed to be G or Chanel Connor, blah blah blah. But if you Both. if you can actually every single time say I'm rocking this guy, he's been with me since yep. this time, he stood by me, like Grammy winners. Exactly. Twenty nineteen, they'd have Grammys everywhere. These guys would be they would sell so much because they'd you know they'd hear it every time. Is if he would mention it at one press conference, their iTunes sales would go through the goddamn roof. They they didn't take that chance for a hundred or two hundred or whatever dollars it was. It was some low 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 amount. It was pittance really, and they didn't take the chance. It wouldn't have cost them literally cost them nothing. All they had to do was say you can play our song, no problem. It wouldn't have taken any money out of their pocket. They just weren't gaining anything from it. Right, right. Look, look what they lost. Got to take a chance. Columbus did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the last one I got is 215. 215 was the, the headlines were announced today. Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg and also Amanda Nunez and Balatina Shevchenko. Title fights headline the card for UFC 215. Demetrius Johnson wanted Ray Borg. He's got Ray Borg. Should have been TJ Dillashaw. Sure would have. Fight would have sold a lot better. So now he's going to be the main event of this card, and it's going to get good sales because there's because Amanda Nunez and Valentina Shevchenko is popular. Francis Ngannou and Junior Del Santos people want to see uh, Henry Cejudo and, and Wilson Reese is going to be not so bad. Ashley Evans Smith, Sarah Morass. I mean, there's great cards underneath of it. Demetrius Johnson may finally get a successful pay per view. And it's not going to be because of him. I don't even know if that's going to be enough for it to be a successful pay-per-view. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I think it'll be a successful Demetrius Johnson pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. I don't know if the if it's going to be successful in the UFC's eyes. I think more people want to see Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko than want to see a Demetrius Johnson and Ray Borg. I agree. Flat out. I don't disagree at all. Yeah. No, no. Ryan and I, Ryan and I talked a little bit. I said, oh, "This is, oh, it was the two most, the two champions that Dana White absolutely fucking hates yeah, the most exactly. right yeah, now." Yeah. <laughs> in the same card, he's got to be sitting back going, "Come on, Ray Borg and Valentina. Come on, Ray and Valentina. Please fucking do this for me. I'll give you whatever you want." Well, and that's why I can't wait to see what Dana White does when Demetrius Johnson beats Ray Borg. Like, it, is he going to do one of those things where he just like gives the title? Like, remember when Anderson had that god awful performance against Maya, and he wouldn't even bother putting the strap around his waist? Not gave it to Ed. 
Yeah, is he gonna do the same thing to Demetrius? Is he gonna hand it off and be like, here, you, you do this thing? They should just have a competition. Do a contest, like, since it's like the first Edmonton show. Yeah, you know, some lucky Edmonton fans gonna put the belt on the waist of the winner. Ray Borg wins. Oh, sorry, I meant uh, the next fight. Uh, I'm doing this one. We should hey, walk up and hand it to him. You want you want it handed to you? Here, it's handed to you. He'll, yeah. he'll just give it to Matt Hume and let Matt Hume do yeah. it. Yeah. Ed Valentina and Amanda Nunez were going to get that. That wasn't taken. Uh, uh, was it last pay per view that should have been on? We're going to get that ran this time. Uh, I mean, it's, like I said, you know, maybe we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, who knows? You know, Amanda Nunez isn't exactly Dana's favorite fighter right now either. So, you know, no, he's just trying to he's trying to get them both out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know what? I would not. Depending on what's going on, with the whole bantamweight thing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to if, if you know Demetrius makes quick work of Ray Borg. I mean, it's you know it's uh, that's September that card, September nine. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. What I could see him saying, like, you know, what if I he's fresh, the bantamweight pitcher, TJ, you still want me? Let's go and do it. I've got now, you know, like I could see him possibly TJ's, willing to make it if it's yeah, TJ's, TJ's booked. Book, he's booked to fight Cody. Yep. No, as I'm saying, like if Cody, like, TJ could go for both yeah. belts. Why not? Not. Because if, like, if Cody's already pulled out once, you know what's. Let's say that happens. TJ wins. TJ could say, "I got one belt. I want to go for another one." And you know, he could. But uh-huh. he's but he is booked, and that wouldn't happen. That's way down the line. But uh, we'll see what happens with this one. I'm more honestly, to be honest with you, I'm more interested in the Francis and Ghana fight because I'm so excited to see him fight again. Yeah, I really that's am. More more intriguing yeah. fight to me. I'm just I'm I'm so high on this guy. Uh, I'm so excited. It's a such a a great. Breath of fresh air in the heavyweight division. I want to see him succeed so bad, and I just want to see him flatten him. No offense to Junior Dos Santos, got nothing bad to say about him, but I want to see Ngannou flatten him in such a decisive manner that nobody can deny the next shot goes to Ngannou. I'm, yeah. As far as 125 goes, I'm more excited about uh, the fight we got coming up in a couple of weeks with Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno. That's yeah, outstanding. Yeah, that's a good card, man. Nice, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that card. It's a good card. Well, I'm out of news, you... boys. Cool. Let's uh, let's get into final thoughts. I'm gonna actually lead this one off uh, today. Um, we lost a uh, another musician to suicide today, and I, although over the years I've not exactly followed and stayed close to to this man's career, uh, Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Uh, that their first album was a pretty influential album on me, especially, you know, came out when I was a sophomore in high school. And uh, I listened to Hybrid Theory a lot. It's still actually something I can go back to and listen to from start to finish. So um, there's just kind of a sad thing to find out today on the on the birthday of Chris Cornell, of all things, to find out that another, another musician has hung himself. So I just wanted to uh, put out a rest in peace to, to Chester and, Condolences to his bandmates, family, and and any fans out there that are having a little struggle with it. I know there's quite a few people I know that are really big Linkin Park fans. So 
I said, not the biggest fan. I, I didn't post anything on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that because I haven't been the hugest fan of, of Linkin Park's music over the years. But still, it's another life gone way too soon of, a, of an extremely talented musician. And, and uh, depression is a motherfucker. And if you're, uh, if it's something you're struggling with and, and having suicidal thoughts, man, reach out to somebody. Because at the end of the day, even if you feel alone, you matter to somebody. And yeah, that's, uh, all, that's all I got. Me and Dave were kind of talking with that briefly uh, before we, uh, we started up here. And uh, I was even saying to, to Dave, I forget what their first single was, but I remember just sitting at home flipping through the, the channels and came on much music. And I, <laughs> the band started up. And just to hear that style of like, there's like rap, rock, electronic, all these different genres being mixed into one song. Like that, like you, uh, I was in grade nine, I think, when Hybrid Theory first came out. And I was blown away. And like, one of my probably one of my favorite albums early on in high school, but you know, like, like you, I didn't follow them hardcore, but yeah, that, that was definitely was an influential album, and you, you take a look at what he's able to to do in the 16, 17 years uh, of his career. It's remarkable. Absolutely. I mean, he wasn't a music career, and he was a, a man with, with hearing issues. I mean, he was basically deaf. And he was, and he still came in, and he was still able to sing, and he was still able to create music, and you know their style with with almost two lead singers. Um, I mean, he was the lead singer, of course, but Mike, whatever his name was, Mike Shinoda. There it is. He was more or less. I mean, it was more or less a tag team with those two. I mean, they they yeah. really they sang together, and that 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 the harmony between the two. You know, the one real fast kind of rap, the other one with the sing. I mean, it was. It was something really new. It was something really unique. I'm not. I, again, I wasn't the biggest fan either, but I cannot deny the kind of influence they've had over a lot of people. I had a a friend uh, and a coworker, Chad, that I, him and I shared an office, and he was quite a bit younger than me when I worked with him. He was only 22, and being that young, he was a huge Lincoln Park fan. Chad. Uh, I know was really upset today because that was a big part of his childhood. And a lot of people are like that. Anyone listening to this, you ever get that low, you reach out to any one of us. Absolutely. Do not let it get that bad, ever. There's always someone there. We'll take our time out to talk to anyone that needs it. So don't let it ever get that bad. No, and then lost in the shuffle a lot with with chester's career is and people either forget about it or shit on it was when he stepped in and and took over as the lead vocalist for uh stone temple pilots yeah stepping stepping into huge shoes oh my god scott wyland and did a good job of it and i i'm a big big stp fan and i will always love stp with scott wyland but i did not think chester did a bad job feeling of doing it and like the new stuff that they wrote with him i enjoyed it sounded like a young Scott Weiland. It didn't sound like Chester. He adapted. It sounded like a different band. vocalist. He definitely adapted to, you know. Yeah. It was about the fans. It wasn't like, about the music he wanted to make. It was about being a Stone Temple pilot and doing the music they wanted to make, and he adapted, and it just showed his range. It was one of those things that could have been a complete and utter train wreck, but instead, like, they figured out a way to make everything work perfectly. Very sad, very sad day. Losing such he's a young man, barely forty. We're just losing him yeah, too young. Yeah, 40, forty-two. Ah, uh, it's utterly ridiculous. It's too too young. It's reach out. Don't let it hit you. It's it's happening too much, and it shouldn't be. 
I think that's it for me. I don't have nothing else to add to that. Ryan, you got anything for final thoughts? Um, well, I'll end this one kind of a little happy note. If you, if anyone out there is a fan of Seinfeld, I have actually stumbled across a delicious little podcast called Seincast where they just go over every single episode, breaking down every little nook and cranny really? of it. Yeah, it's I'm going to have to check that out. Seincast, all right. Yeah, they are on season eight right now. I just came across it about a month ago, and I'm already... Uh, I'm already just on fourth season already. They're fun little listens if you're a fan of Seinfeld. They, and, whole, yeah, just, they got the yeah, whole catalog. Just, yeah, they just go like uh, they start on the pilot episode and they just go for the for about an hour, hour and a half, and they just nice. talk about the sh- talk about the show, give you a little bit of audio scenes from out the show, and then just talk about the wow. Huh. So it's it, it's it's awesome. Like it, nice. it's checking that out. It, 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 it's just like you know sitting around with your friends talking about the show, but. They go in depth, and it's awesome. That's great. Thank you, Ryan, for for sharing that, because that will be a show I'll be checking out. You are welcome. All right, let's get the hell out of here, boys. All right. Oh, and uh, I will see you, uh, Dave, on Saturday night. Outstanding. I do that, so we will try to connect with uh, Jeff and Kyle as well. Awesome. See what we can do with that. I have the yeah, I have everything here all to myself. The whole everyone's at Sandy Corley Memorial Run doing their work. I got the whole house empty. It's quiet here, so it'll be a great night for fights. Yeah, unless unless Kyle's got somebody else playing, you guys we can just throw you guys into the uh, the slot I usually go into at the opening of the of the podcast. So cool. Yeah, let's we'll close it, it out. All right, let's get the hell out of here. For David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey, I am Jeff Shanahan, and we will catch you guys next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show.